Are you intentional about following through on simple gestures of kindness? Do you realize the value you actually carry? I'm going to read a poem written by my beloved kid brother, Scotty, and unpack what all this means. However, this does come with a warning because I'm going to discuss things around mental health as well as suicide and know that as a treasured mama, you have the most incredible opportunity to access the treasure within you and walk in freedom for you, but also to teach your children to do the same. I have known for many years that I would do something with music, mental health, and military veterans to honor my brother. So listen to the end for details. This episode does go longer than the typical one. I did not want to break it up in two episodes because of the subject matter, but I guarantee you it will be worth it. My family and I made a conscious decision early on to use this experience we had with my brother to be intentional about helping others so they don't choose the same path. And for me, this episode and sharing the bigger vision is a way to do that right from my heart. Speaking of that, I received this five-star review entitled Spoken from the Heart from N-O-H-A-T-R-A-R. And it says, beautifully shared, motivated, committed, sincere, spoken from the heart. Thank you so much for this review. I absolutely love giving back and honoring our listeners and featuring them in future episodes. So head over to iTunes or wherever you're listening from, leave your review because I would love for you to be the next feature. For now, let's unpack how we can work together to promote freedom and soar to the highest height that God has called us to. Hey, hey, Mama. Welcome back to the Treasured Mama podcast. I'm Corey Messer, a Kingdom Life Coach and Messy Mompreneur, and I want to know if you're like me. Have you ever felt like you've lost yourself in all the things? Or perhaps you just need some encouragement on this messy journey of authentic motherhood? In this space, we love sharing routines, rhythms, and real stories of real moms as we declutter our heads, our hearts, and our homes to discover clarity and confidence. If you're ready to gain clarity on who God designed you to be, create simple systems for a more peaceful household, and connect with other mamas doing the same, this podcast is right up your alley. My prayer is this episode will encourage you, so grab a drink, take a mommy moment, and listen in to today's goodness. Hello, hello, and welcome, Treasured Mama, to another episode of the podcast. This is an unofficial part two from the previous episode. If you haven't listened to episode 28, I encourage you to do that because it really establishes a foundation for this particular episode. In that one, we talked about conviction over condemnation. We also talked about how God brought life from death. However, I do want to give another warning because the subject matter is inclusive of your mental health as well as suicide and suicide awareness. At the end of last episode, I shared with you that I would be unpacking a poem that my brother wrote. The poem that he wrote is entitled Unbearable Curse, and I believe it was written very shortly before he committed suicide. The intention behind sharing this is to really give you insight into the mind of somebody shortly before they made that final decision. And the value behind this is so that we can have 
empathy for somebody's situation, but also when we have greater understanding, we can provide the best solutions. Sometimes that's saying something, sometimes that's offering another resource, all the time praying is part of that. I will read through the whole poem and then we'll take it kind of verse by verse and I have some really thought-provoking things that I believe the Lord wants me to share with you. It's titled Unbearable Curse and he's really discussing where he was at can't pinpoint the cause of everything happening in this lifestyle of mine. Death, the only means of escape, but I guess it's not yet my time. Bad things happen, and those bad things become worse. Why am I deserving of this unbearable curse? I tried changing the way I act, my daily routine, just can't shake it, like this bad aura is cemented into the heart of me. Tired of acting like it's okay, being a fake. When I get home, I'm alone. I crumble and break. Just can't figure out how to change my luck. Feel like it's holding me down. Can't move. I'm stuck. Can't pinpoint the cause of everything happening in this lifestyle of mine. Death, the only means of escape, but I guess it's not yet my time. Bad things happen, and those bad things become worse. Why am I deserving of this unbearable curse? Think I write something like this every day. Helps me when I'm down, like a joyous ray. But why am I so down all of the time? Like I just wish that I could write a magical rhyme. One that could change the way my life goes. One that could erase my many flaws that everyone knows. Can't pinpoint this cause of everything happening in this lifestyle of mine. Death, the only means of escape. But I guess it's not yet my time. Bad things happen, and those bad things become worse. Why am I deserving of this unbearable curse? Should I feel guilty for writing about this curse? Because you got it good, so for me, quote, it could be worse, end quote. Yeah, I know, there's people out there who got it worse than me, but I'm just so weak. They're stronger, tougher than me. If you're not me, then what I am feeling you cannot see. All I want from this curse is just to be set free. I think what we can take away from this is both the feelings, but also the perspective. I did not make the choice to commit suicide, but in the last episode, I did share that I experienced some suicidal ideation. I had a very challenging season where I didn't want to be here anymore. And so when he says in here, he feels this way you know, every day, I can deeply, deeply relate to that. He says, I can't pinpoint the cause of everything happening in this lifestyle of mine. This is something that somebody in this place is feeling on a consistent basis. They know that it doesn't have to be this way, but they don't know how it can ever not be this way because they know that they continually feel this darkness, this pain, this sadness, and at the same time, they look at their life and they're like, I can't determine exactly what is the root cause of this. And so how do you provide a solution for a problem that you haven't pinpointed the root of it? Death, the only means of escape, but I guess it's not yet my time. When he's writing this, he feels like as long as he's living on this earth, this is how it's always going to be. There's no means to an end. 
He feels like he needs to escape his current existence. Oftentimes, people will either choose a substance to numb the pain or they will choose death to escape it because we are either running towards something or we're running away from something. And when we're in a joyous place, when we're in a good place, we tend to run to the next accomplishment. We run to the next celebration. We pursue the next goal or objective. Or we run away from and avoid the fear of getting to the next level. However, when you're in this mental emotional space where you feel like the only way to get out of where you are is to escape it versus pursuing a new thing that you are desiring, that is a really challenging place to be. And you can hear in his language, he says, but I guess it's not yet my time. Like that is his greatest hope is to escape his current existence. But things happen and those bad things become worse. It's a constant cycle of supporting this thought that this existence is not one that you want. And so you have to escape versus being able to make your current existence better. It's not just bad, but they always get worse. When we're walking through something good, we'll think it's good, it gets better, and then it's the best. But oftentimes when things are going bad, we choose to have the perspective of it can't get worse. However, when you're in this mindset, you automatically go to, I know it can get worse because it's only been getting worse for however long of a period of time. And at the end, he says, why am I deserving of this unbearable curse? This is the line that I really want to focus on for a bit because he's personalized this, that he is deserving of this, that somehow this is what he's meant for. This is just the cross he has to bear and that it's almost not an option to get better. And I want to encourage you if you're in this place, it doesn't have to stay this way, even if it's felt as though it's always been this way. Find somebody that you can trust, that you can talk to. You can send me a message, reach out to me, connect with me. We'll have a conversation and get you connected with the resources that you need. It is a powerful thing because our mind, we have the ability to choose the path that we want. However, when our mind has been so used to partnering with thoughts that are less than our portion, we often need a little help. I enjoy very much the image of God always having his hand extended to us. But if we've never made the choice to look up, we may not even realize that's available. Oftentimes for me, when I'm helping people transition out of this heart space, this head space, the first step is just becoming aware that it actually can be different. And then realizing what you have access to and walking out a path to actively access what is in fact available to you. The second paragraph says, try changing the way I act, my daily routine. Just can't shake it. Like this bad aura is cemented into the heart of me. So there he's really speaking about, I've tried to do stuff different when someone is deeply depressed or has shared that they've had suicidal thoughts. People will say, well, just snap out of it. Just do better. Just do something different. 
although that may be coming from a place of you desiring for them to feel better, it's often an easy way out for you to not help them find the resources that they're needing because they've tried to change things. They've tried to do different. But when he says just can't shake it, you'll notice again, he doesn't put specific words to what it is. As you recall, in the beginning, he just can't pinpoint the cause. He just can't shake it. So he keeps coming back to this. So we need to have an awareness that it can be different. And then we need to have a process by which we access what is available to us so that we can step into the light. And I believe as people who love people at their worst and at their best, we have an incredible opportunity to bring the light and show the love of Jesus. I mean, Jesus is love. So bring Jesus into their world by loving them exactly where they're at, allowing them to have a place that they can lean on in this time so that they don't totally fall, but instead they have someone that they can lean on and they can leverage until they're in a place where they even consider that the light is still an option for them to partner with. Tired of acting like it's okay being a fake. When I get home, I'm alone. I crumble and break. Oftentimes we define people by their behaviors and that's not who they are. If somebody is showing up as a firefighter, but they are trained as a nurse, it doesn't mean they're a firefighter just because they're exhibiting behaviors and putting on the uniform. Likewise with us as children of God, we may be exhibiting behaviors that don't align with the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean that we're not his children. It just means we're walking in disobedience, sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly. This thought of acting like it's okay and crumbling and breaking when you get home is not mutually exclusive to people that are in this headspace. I think we can all take an honest assessment and realize we've all done this from time to time in certain capacities. Just can't figure out to change my luck. Feel like it's holding me down. Can't move. I'm stuck. This is a deeply intimate expression of feeling like you don't have another option aside from escaping. When we begin to partner with these thoughts, this lack, this orphan mindset, this is where the enemy, we open up the door wide open for him to come in. Often the enemy will come through one of two ways, the area of greatest threat or the area of easiest entry. And when you have somebody that has some wounds that haven't been healed, they haven't had that healing in their heart yet. Their thoughts align with that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When we begin to speak these things, we partner with that. It is like handing a key over to the enemy to invite him in. And sometimes we just need somebody at the top of that dark tunnel that is a light to remind us the light is there and then to love us enough to pursue us in our pain, extend their arm so they can pull us up out of that. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you do this out of your own strength. God will give you the words. God will give you the positioning. God will give you the resources. He will provide it for you when he has called you to meet somebody in this place. Think I write something like this every day. Helps me when I'm down like a joyous ray. 
you know, this really hit me a different kind of way this year because my phrase for the year is joy in the journey. And I knew that when God spoke that to my heart, it meant there would be times that really challenged that, such as the case in doing this podcast episode and the previous one. It's challenging reading through this. It's challenging having this conversation. It would be much easier to bypass it. But I also know that some of our greatest breakthrough is on the other side of our courageous action to press into these conversations. Because as moms, as women, as daughters of the one true king, it is time that we stop trying to pretend that these things don't exist. Challenges, depression, anxiety, they don't have to. But how are they ever going to stop existing if we don't confront them and create a different way? That is part of the legacy conversation. How do we address and handle our own trauma and pain so we don't pass it on to our children? That's a powerful question to reflect on. And if you, beloved, are courageous enough to press into the things that trigger you, your challenges, and be healthy and live with vitality and partner with the Lord because he is the way for you to live with health and vitality, then you begin to shift things for the next generation and equip them with the kings of the kingdom to partner with the mind of Christ from the time they're little. And if you have grown children and they're out on their own already, it's not too late. You can still model this. You can walk out this journey. It will create curiosity for them to ask you questions. Why am I so down all of the time, he says. I just wish I could write a magical rhyme. Even that language right there, like magic is not in the kingdom of God. And the enemy will try pervert things. He'll say there's like white magic and black magic and white magic is the good magic. It's not. That is not a part of the kingdom of God. We are blessed to be a blessing. And there are miracles that God provides for us. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. We want to be very mindful of our words. It is time that we stop dismissing these slight slips of the tongue as not that important. Because what you release out of your mouth is what you're partnering with. I'm not sure if you recall in a previous episode, but I shared multiple times that the kingdom of God is voice activated. It is very important that we partner with life giving words. We stop cursing our families, ourselves, our experiences, and instead we start becoming a blessing and shifting the atmospheres that God has allowed us to encounter. One that could change the way my life goes. One that could erase my many flaws that everyone knows. Let me just brag on my brother here for a little bit. He was one of those kids that people spoke so highly of. You know, I remember the the guys that were his age saying things like, yeah, you know, they would call him Scooter. Like, Scooter's just, he's like one of the guys' guys, you know? He's, he's such a good friend. Like, he's super, super loyal. In team sports, you would hear that. I, I know there's one friend of his that walked through some medical challenges, and when all the other guys abandoned him, Scotty stayed. Not only did he stay and do the minimum, but he made an effort to have connection with this friend of him because he knew the value that this friend had. And they saw each other for who they were, not the experiences they were walking through. And then he was handsome. So, of course, the girls, (laughs) 
they enjoyed that, but also they enjoyed his attributes of his heart. As much as he could go run with the guys and be goofy and do all the things, he was very much tender, sensitive. He felt things so deep. People just loved him. He was smart. He was athletic. He was kind. He was a deep feeler. He was a hard worker. He was hilarious. There was an instance where at one of the local colleges, there were, I believe, three girls who had drowned in an accident. And that hurt him so deeply because he began to question things, right? Like, like why, if God is so good, why would he allow that to happen? And having a conversation around free will and all these sort of things um, is something we can discuss in another episode. But he was someone who felt so deeply. And I really, truly believe he just didn't understand the call that was on his life. He didn't understand the gifts that he had within him. Because how many of you know, as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter of the king, that oftentimes the areas that we are most gifted in, because we're so close to them, we don't even realize they're a thing. We assume everybody can do that. And we downplay the assets and abilities that God has given us. When he says he wishes he could erase his many flaws that everyone knows, that was front of mind for him. The enemy had him in a place where he focused on those first, and that was the lens by which he saw his life. So even all the areas he was really blessed with, he was looking at his gifts and abilities and talents through a tainted lens. Because first, he would see the flaw. The flaw was his filter. And you know when you go to the eye doctor and they're testing your vision and they click the little thing that shows the different prescriptions? I'm legally blind in one eye. I've had lots of doctor's appointments <laughs> for my eyes. So of course, this is the example I would come up with. You look through these different prescriptions to see what's clear. It's a different lens. And I believe that my brother was looking through a flawed lens. When we are made aware that we can eliminate that flawed lens and we can replace it with a faith-filled lens, life is a whole lot clearer. Life is a whole lot better. And we have the hope and the peace and the joy return to us. You may see the giftings and abilities in someone and you may choose to not say it because you feel like they know or you feel like everybody always says it. If you are prompted to give somebody an authentic, heartfelt, honest compliment, please do it. Go be a little joy bomb in their life. Sparkle that funfetti everywhere, as my friend Monica says. Because everybody has stuff and you just don't know what they've been walking through. Should I feel guilty for writing about this curse? In the last episode, we spoke about there's no condemnation in the kingdom of God. There's conviction, but not condemnation. When you're feeling condemned about something, it's rooted in guilt and shame. The enemy wants you to feel guilty because if you are feeling guilty, you're not walking through a godly lens of the goodness that he has placed within you because you are created in his image because you got it good. So for me, it could be worse. I can really relate to this because I would devalue my feelings and experiences because I would compare them to somebody else. 
And if somebody else had it worse, I felt as if I didn't have permission to complain. That comes back to an identity conversation. When I know my identity is in Christ, innately I know I am valuable. When I lose sight of that and I'm looking through that lens that is not of faith, it's not of the Father, it's a filthy lens, I'm going to see things through a filthy perspective. Just because somebody else is living a certain kind of way or having certain kind of experiences doesn't mean that your experience is more or less valuable. No matter what our experience is, it is important to be honest about it and have a conversation around it. Not so that you wallow in it, but so you take those things from the darkness and you bring them to light. Here's the thing. When you look out at a dark night sky, just think of the expanse of that. A dark night sky. It's dark over all the area and there's one star or there's one street light or there's one headlight. What do you notice? The light. The light can illuminate other things that are in the darkness. I believe as children of God, it is important for us to both be the light for other people and illuminate the atmospheres that we enter into, not just to provide the hope, but also to expose other things that were lurking in the darkness. It is so important to know what you're dealing with, but do that by focusing on the Father. One of the things that I really teach is we pursue Heavenly Father for his presence, the provision is a byproduct or the fruit of that. We do not pursue his provision first. You pursue his presence. This is what people will often do. They will pursue the light that you bring. They will pursue the joy that you bring. They will pursue you because you shift the atmosphere. And as a result of that, you get to have conversations that are Christ-centered and invite them into that experience. So show up in those places and spaces that God has convicted you to show up, even if you don't have all the answers for how it's going to work out. You could be the answer to someone's prayer. I remember having some money laying around my house. I don't remember the exact circumstances, but I know in that moment there were some dollars and there were some coins and it was a very random amount. I don't know, like $41.17 or something like that. And God convicted me on my heart. There was no denying it. Give this money to this person. I sat with God and was like, why am I giving this? So I have understanding. Shouldn't I just take the coins and round them up to a dollar, you know, the next dollar, because then it won't weigh as much and it won't be bulky and awkward. And I don't have a nice container to put it in. And all these things that were insignificant and didn't matter. It was delayed obedience, which is just a nice way of saying disobedience. I was being disobedient. I don't recall how much time had passed, maybe a day or two, but I ended up putting that in an envelope, handing it to my friend and saying, here, this is for you. I don't know what it's for. God will let you know. And I didn't find out till a year or two later, they were struggling to buy formula for their baby and that was precisely the amount of money to the exact penny they needed for that formula. God spoke to her through that. I had no idea what it was for. I had no idea why. It didn't matter. I was called to be obedient to what God called me to do. Give her the money. And then it was my responsibility 
to let Holy Spirit do Holy Spirit's job because I can't do it better and have Holy Spirit minister to her heart. I was an answer to her prayer. And who am I to withhold that answer from her because I want to control a circumstance and know the outcome? I give you that example because it's so important. We just pay the compliment. We open the door. We extend the smile. We bring the joy. We bring the light because God called us to. God will do the rest. Yeah, I know there's people out there who got it worse than me, but I'm just so weak. They are stronger, tougher than me. Do you realize that my brother was the one that everyone would go to? He was the conversationalist. He was the listener. He was what they needed in that moment. And yet he felt like he had nowhere to go. He felt like he had to keep all of this within him because he felt as if it was weak to share these things with other people. I need you to know, especially those of you mamas that are raising boys, there is value in exposing the truth and exploring the emotions. Exposing the truth around this specifically is that our feelings are feedback. It's not a weakness to express them. It's not a weakness to cry. In my family, we have a phrase that we say, which is crying is completely fine. Whining is unacceptable. There is a difference. And when we are raising the men of the next generation, we are discipling these boys to help them develop into the men that God has called them to be. It is important that we let them know that there is strength in communicating your emotions and your feelings. It really crushes me to read this because there is strength in bringing these things to light. But when we hold on to them because we think they're weak, it is the very weight that will crush us. If you're not me, then what I am feeling you cannot see. All I want from this curse is just to be set free. He says in here, you can't see it. And often, I believe, we feel if we can't see it, it doesn't exist. I have had past students that have graduated from the ministry school that I teach at. I have had past clients and they have had, quote, invisible illnesses. And people would call them really awful things because they couldn't see their illness on the outside. My best friend passed away from an illness that you may have seen certain symptoms, but many people never knew she was sick. She walked with grace and she showed up to her responsibilities and she brought the joy every single place she went. So again, I encourage you, extend the compliment, send the money, offer the smile. When God convicts you, follow through and know that he can do so much more with it than you ever could holding on to it in your own hand. You don't want to be crushed by holding on to the things that are less than your portion when you could open your palm, open your heart, open your mouth and release what God wants you to release to open up the space to receive what he wants you to receive. Just because you can't see someone's struggle does not mean it doesn't exist. All my brother wanted was to be free. Ultimately, isn't that what we all want? We want to be free. We want to walk in the abundance. And we want that for our children. We want that for our spouses. We want that for generations upon generations to come. It is my most sincere hope that by listening to this, it will have planted some seeds for you to explore in your own heart 
and for you to show up different. Show up in more thorough alignment with what God has for you. He loves you. He loves you so deeply. There are people out there that need what it is God has called you to offer. For many years, I've had it on my heart. My brother, back in the day when text messaging was relatively new, he would sign the bottom of his message with Freebird. And this poem ends with how he just wanted to be set free. And that is my hope. He loved music. Clearly, suicide is a mental health issue. And our family runs real deep with a bloodline that has people who have served in the military. And it is my deep desire to start a nonprofit that focuses on having breakthrough and freedom through Christian music. And another part of that would be helping with the mental health and specifically with veterans. If you are somebody that has worked in the nonprofit arena and you can help me walk this process out. I'm going to leave some contact information in the show notes. I would love to connect with you. If you are somebody who is a professional or you are passionate about having people break through and have freedom and soar to the highest level that God has called them to, specifically through Christian music, if you're an artist or if you know Christian artists, and also someone who helps people have breakthrough in the mental health arena with a kingdom focus, I want to connect with you. This is something that I'm looking to release in 2025, and I'm really excited about the freedom that people are going to have. And this will be in memory of and to honor the incredible breakthroughs that I know my brother offered for so many people over all the years of his young, young life. Free bird, to be free and soar at the highest level that God has called you to. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Heavenly Father, I thank you in advance for the people that you're bringing into my world, into my life, so that we can bring this vision to fruition, God. We can honor Scotty, and we can help so many more people break free and shift the next generation impact future generations, and establish legacies that are abundant, that are rooted in the kingdom, and that are multi-generational. We thank you, God, for your presence and all that you are. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Hey mama, one quick thing before you go. If this podcast blessed you in some way, the number one way you can pay it forward is to head over to iTunes Treasured Mama Podcast and leave a review and subscribe to the channel.